You're listening to the AdCast, the podcast for marketers and advertisers with your host, Eric Elliott. All right, I want to welcome you back to episode two of the AdCast. I'm sitting here with the man, not the legend, but the myth, Peter Wertimer, right? <laughs> Hopefully the guys can put a little applause back there when we come on. So, Peter, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about your history. We we dived in a little bit about social media, and we kind of talked about the rocket ship of the new media, and we talked a little about traditional and legacy media. And one of the things I want to bring it back to, because there's, there's going to be a lot of people who are marketers and advertisers who listen to this, probably some of our colleagues as well, is what do you believe that advertisers are looking for today from marketing agencies, especially with all this new stuff? With all the, the things that have changed in our business over the years, I think that probably the, the hopes of advertisers are the things that have changed the least. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a 30 group one time um, as the owner of um, advertising service agency um, along with agency owners, uh, similar size agencies from around the country. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them um, had the slogan, I, I th- this is close anyway, um, we help you sell more stuff. And honestly, for I, I thought that was one of the the frankest, funniest, and most on-target mission statements um, that I had ever come across. Um, And in fact, um, as I looked back on it, that's what, you know, um, the soap manufacturers, uh, the detergent manufacturers that sponsored the daily television programs oh, yeah. <laughs> called soap operas, yeah. um, what they share with the advertisers of today. That hasn't changed. Um, whatever it is um, that you are um, as an advertiser, uh, whatever your message is, um, whatever your end goal is, if it's a sale, um, um, if it's convincing um, uh, consumers of um, some sort of a conclusion, mm-hmm. um, you want your marketing communications company to help you get your message in a persuasive way to as many people as possible for as low a price per person as possible. And, you know, that really hasn't changed. I, I think, I think you, you probably um, agree with that, yeah. being a, a generation um, younger than, than I am. Um, you're probably still trying to do the exact same thing uh, for your customers mm-hmm. and clients as I did 
which was the same as uh, what Tom Alexander, the owner of Advertising Service Agency, mm-hmm. uh, and the CEO of that company for 40 years, that's, that's what he was trying to do and mm-hmm. did so successfully. Um, so that's... You know, that's what our job and our challenge is, is um, reach as many people as we can in as uh, efficient a way as possible and be as persuasive um, in our messaging um, so that we convince people and change their behavior. And um, in many cases, um, that means to buy the product or the mm-hmm. service uh, mm-hmm. that we're that we're advertising, How, what should our relationships be like with clients? Hmm. Um, that's the can of worms <laughs> is open. Um, I've done a lot of thinking about this over the years um, because it's an important part of our business, particularly as an agency principal. Mm-hmm. Um, you are going to have um, an important relationship with the client, um, with probably uh, the principal will have a relationship with the most important person mm-hmm. at, that, um, at that, that client company. Um, and it can go in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. For me... It was always important um, to have a fun relationship, uh, a friendly relationship. Um, if the client called and my heart sunk, I had to think about think about it hard. Did I want that client? Um, if as uh, an alternative, I got a call from Tommy Pruitt at Force Protection. I couldn't wait to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed his company. I enjoyed uh, spending time with him. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed making him look good in the context of his company. Absolutely. Making him a hero. Um, and making him the hero rather than than my company, Chernoff Newman. Um, the danger in that, um, in in having a great relationship with your client, um, is you've got to keep it into perspective. Now. Um, the aforementioned Tommy Pruitt, who was the marketing director, and that's not the correct title, of Force Protection, which is the only billion-dollar business, I believe, that ever grew in Hanahan, mm-hmm. South Carolina, um, and was eventually purchased by General Dynamics. Mm-hmm. Um, they made the um, armored, cars. Armor, armored vehicles, um, um, that were so necessary to save our troops um, in from improvised elect or explosive devices in Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy and I are great friends today, um, and our relationship really hasn't changed. But in the back of my mind, when we had that 
client agency relationship, I had to always remember that I was working for him. Mm. I served at his pleasure. And that could end anytime. And it could end quickly. Um, I'll tell you a quick story wow. from the music business. Um, I had a, uh, a, a popular artist um, on my roster. This is um, a, a performer that I dare say um, you'd, you'd be very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to be friends. And then we got to be close. Um, and I would gnaw through steel um, at making Columbia Records produce uh, and, and sell records for this artist. Um, and um, it extended over time. He, we probably had a two, close to three-year relationship. Um, and we joined the same health club, and we'd go pump iron at the uh, 21st century health spa. This was in the 20th century um, in New York City. Um, we'd go out uh, on a boat together um, uh, on the weekends. Um, we were friends, or so I thought. Um, but without getting into the specifics, um, he realized that I knew something about him, that I had learned something about him that at the time he would have found very embarrassing. Um, I sort of let my guard down because I figured, hey, we're friends and it's fine with me that, you know, whatever this is you're doing. And um, about 10 days later, my my boss and my big boss called me into their office and they they were... Straight-faced. Yeah, yeah. straight-faced and they looked like sheets. They were... Because um, they knew they were about to have a very difficult conversation with me. And um, indeed, um, this friend of mine... Uh, an artist on my roster that I had um, really cared about, that I cared about at that moment, Mm -hmm. um, um, whom I'd really worked hard for, um, had fired me. And um, lots of things run through your mind at that time. We tried to figure out what had happened, the three of us. because he hadn't been very transparent um, with with my bosses. Um, and in the long run, um, I, I did pretty well satisfy myself with what, what had happened, the specifics of what had happened, and how I'd let my guard down, and how I'd put our friendship before our business relationship. And I want to tell you something, Eric. I never did that again. I always remembered, no matter how friendly a relationship I might have with a client, how close we might become, how much we might know about one another and one another's family, 
that I was working for that person. And if I wanted my business to continue to succeed, if I wanted to continue making a salary to pay my rent um, and put food on my family's table, I had to keep it in mind at all times that the primary relationship, not the only relationship, but the primary relationship uh, between myself and any client was that I was working for them and I served entirely at their pleasure. So don't let your guard down. Um, Make sure that you don't take anything for granted um, in that relationship because you're lucky to get it. You know. You know how hard to build a client relationship is and especially um, the larger they are and the more important they become to you and your agency. Um, You've got to be very careful and guard those relationships um, um, with with, um, uh, reasonable caution. So that'd be my answer to that. And, and, that's, answer. A, and that's, a, that's a great one. That's a, that's a great one. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break now. I'm going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to just talk about the advertising agencies today and 10, 15 years ago. Okay. This is the AdCast. You don't need a marketing agency. You do deserve very important placement. VIP Marketing and Advertising is a cutting-edge strategic digital, creative, media, and marketing partner that provides services for businesses of all sizes. To stay up to date on the latest marketing news, subscribe for email updates at veryimportantplacement.com. All right, so I want to welcome you back to the second half of the AdCast. I'm still with my guest, Mr. Peter Wordemer here, and we were talking about agency and client relationships and what should they look like, and you gave us just a fantastic example. So now, since we're talking about ad agencies, you know, Peter, you've seen a great deal. Uh, When you started up your own agency, even when you acquired another, even to when you merged with Turnoff Newman, and you see us, you know, here today, what do you see are the biggest differences uh, in what these agencies or agencies like us are doing today versus 10, 15 years ago? Because there's always something like us, the new school people, I don't want to say new school, but the agencies of today could learn or they could have adopted from agencies 15 years ago. What do you think is the differences between the two and how would you advise an agency today? Wow. Um, that's a mouthful and um, not an easy question to answer, especially in that I've been away from the business for a couple of years. And um, I can't say I haven't thought about it because I certainly have reflected on um, on those days. Um, um And I'm guessing that agencies, um, um, and I changed the terminology over the years, I came in as an advertiser. Um, That was my background. Um, And I ended 
up going out as a marketer. Um, marketing communications being the larger term. Mm-hmm. And I sort of learned that over the time. Um, you know, when I put out my own shingle, that was an advertising agency. Um, as I got bigger, and certainly um, when I merged with Chernoff Newman, and uh, I had four partners in in that scenario, mm-hmm. three of them, um, they weren't advertisers, or two of them, or three of them, they weren't advertisers. Two of the three um, were public relations professionals, so okay. reputation management, crisis management. Um, this was their stock in trade, and they taught me a great deal about, you know, a a well-rounded full-service, highly integrated um, agency Mm -hmm. in the marketing communications field. Um, So my experience sort of climbed that ladder, and I think that's probably very similar um, to to what you do today. you use different tools and different media to advertise. And I'm going to use that term um, to refer to, to, to what you do. Um, you have a... Um, uh, I, I played a game with five cards in the hand... Uh, you're playing a game that has 10, 20 cards in your hand. Um, and and so I, I think um, determining um, which card to play in a certain or s- series of cards mm-hmm. in a hand is more difficult for you than it ever was for me. Um but by and large, um, I'm guessing that we're more similar than we are different mm-hmm. in, in general terms, what we try to get done for our clients. Um, now, if you were to merge with a marketing communications company that was primarily uh, public relations in in its uh, formation, um, then you'd undergo a lot of the same uh, situation that I did. Um, you'd just have a lot more uh, tools at your disposal um, to work on both sides of the aisle, mm-hmm. um, advertising and public relations. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And uh, I take my hat off to you for being able to navigate that. Um, you're, um, I'll use a different analogy. You know, you have many different types of trees growing in your forest. It's denser yeah. than what, what I uh, uh, explored back in my day. 
Um, but the, you know, the uh, bottom line is still the same. You've got to help your clients sell more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, however, however that um, needs to be accomplished, mm-hmm. that's what you'll pursue. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, in, in this, well, my father used to like this phrase, in this modern world of today, um, you know, you just, um, you have to be more, um, you have to know more and, uh, you have to make uh, the right decision out of more choices than what we ever had to do. Wow. 10 years ago, the AOR or agency of record meant a whole lot. Today, agencies find themselves working alongside of other agencies and, uh, uh, a while ago, you know, I conversed with a, a, a former agency owner who had a digital agency, and and uh, and he did some consulting for us, and and he said the future of agencies uh, is going to be partnerships. That's what he said. And then I had a friend that says he uh, has an agency up in Schenectady, New York, mm. named uh, Paul Potratz, and I. I, I talk to him quite often, you know, when I come across something pretty bigger than myself. And he says, if agencies don't change, they're dead. That's what he says. The AOR now, area of, uh, agency of record, seems like it doesn't mean much anymore because when you sign on with a client, they may have you doing the media. They may have someone else doing the production Someone else may be doing the digital. Is that the new normal? And how do you play well in the sandbox? Mm. Um, yeah. Um, it's a complex question. And so I'll answer it. Um, I'll answer it my way. There are other answers to the question Mm -hmm. because every situation is different absolutely um and i don't disagree with the notion of partnerships it sort of depends on the way you um you define that and when there was um an agency of record when that really prevailed um you know in generally in general the the AOR was the the hirer of those right. partners mm-hmm. um, early on in my career I was um, a real proponent of becoming the agency of record of getting a signed document that I could show to media um, that identified uh, my company as being the lead um, and you're right that was important um, in the last 10 years when I was a partner in Chernoff Newman um, our CEO uh, made the point to me and we had partnered on a couple of different pieces of business together over the years it's kind of 
what led to mm-hmm. our merger. Um, and he urged and accepted sharing a client with another marketing communications company um, because it it had been his experience, and I later found this to be true, that when we got involved with a client, even if there was an agency or um, um, marketing other marketing companies mm-hmm. involved, mm-hmm. that whatever piece of business we were getting, we'd never get less than that. And because we were going to do a really good job and because we were fully diversified and could do a lot of things well, that opportunities would arise for us to get more of that business. And probably sounds cutthroat to say so, but we always welcomed just getting our foot in the door because, in general, if it was a good situation, we were going to grow and other agencies that were involved, might uh, their role might diminish at the same time but that we should always seize that opportunity and always look to, uh, uh, to grow in the relationship mm-hmm. and, in essence, become the AOR. Um, and we often did. Um, he was right. We, I can't think of one situation that I, I ever got involved in or observed when I was with Chernoff Newman where um, we had a smaller portion of the business than when we started. Generally, um, we did a good job and the client would look to increase our role. Got it. Because you helped so much. Mm. Hmm. Now, how could an agency become extinct? How can an agency become extinct? There are lots of ways. <laughs> there are many, many ways. But um, when an agency starts to believe that they know more about marketing the company than the principles of that company, that's the best way to shoot yourself in the I foot. Agree. And, um, I agree. And hubris takes over, and your days are numbered. Wow. I agree. I agree with you. So now we talked earlier like how you said you weren't a fan of influencer marketing, and then we're going to get to our lightning round. Influencer marketing, you said it's not something that you're really a, a big fan of. 
you know, it's not so much that I'm not a big fan of it. It's um, it meant something different in my day mm-hmm. um, when I was uh, um, fully on top of my game than it means to you today. Mm-hmm. So it's just really not something that. Um, I'm as familiar with right. as what I think you're you you are um, as you ask the question. So, so when you when you were in Chernoff Newman, you guys worked on some regional business. You know, oh, plenty, you, plenty of regional business. How did you get yourself from doing the local business to the more of the regional business and and getting on a bigger scale? Mm. Um, lots of different ways that agencies can grow, um, and Chernoff Newman um, arose from a merger of the two biggest agencies in Columbia. Then we merged with them. Um, we also um, started an office in Orlando, um, and we started an office uh, actually uh, purchased a, a marketing marketing communications company in Charlotte, mm-hmm. um, and that's the way that I know um, when you do well in a uh, a, a certain uh, marketplace um, to cont- if you want to grow, and I do ag- agree that you need to keep growing. Mm-hmm. Um, or else you're going to be shrinking. Um, That that, um, take some of what you are um, successfully earning and bet that on the come that that you can grow into another marketplace. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I say, we did it in a couple of different ways, but... um, uh, acquiring another uh, another entity is a good one. Can be a small entity mm-hmm. with local relationships and local knowledge, mm-hmm. and you bring the expertise with you and grow in a uh, a nearby market. And uh, pretty soon, as you look around, mm-hmm. you're strong in a region rather than just strong in Columbia or Charleston or Charlotte or um, Orlando. Mm-hmm. You're, um, you're known in all those markets, um, and you're known for, um, you know, for growing and succeeding and helping clients do so. I want to kind of enter into what I call like a lightning round. This is where I'll ask you, um, and give there's no right or wrong answer. Well, I'll ask you. That's good. <laughs> I'll ask you about certain mediums, and you just tell me um, the pros and the cons, right? The pros and cons of what you think of each medium. Um, and I'll start out with um, radio. Radio, um, the first and only medium. Um, really that um, I got involved in creatively. Mm-hmm. I'm not specifically a creative. Um, I'm, I'm more of the business guy. 
um, and a client representative, um, an account management person. Um, but I think radio, um, uh, blind man's movie, um, hmm. uh, theater of the mind. I love radio creative above all, above all other media. Television. Uh, television, you know, adding the the visual element um, is, from a creative standpoint, um, is um, can be properly done more persuasive than um, any other media. Um, uh, product demonstrations um, continue to be for the right type of uh, of um, uh, sale. Uh, continue to be um, best accomplished on on television. I think, um, but the the downside is that television is um, on the wane in terms of viewership. So. It's it's difficult um, to make sure that the television message gets in front of the right people mm-hmm. without spending a fortune to do so. Newspaper. Um, newspaper very complex. Um, it's it's our oldest form of um, of advertising. I love looking at you know newspaper advertisements from the you know the the early 19th century i mean mm-hmm. it's just amazing um there's to me um and you know maybe um recent thinking has attacked this but to me um uh newspaper the environment in which a newspaper ad um exists uh, gives I guess I'm showing my age here gives it a gives the advertising message a great deal of credibility mm-hmm. um, people tend to um, they're reading their newspaper for for facts they're reading it for the truth and not for a specific point of view, and they, that tends to spill over into the ad that they see or read if it's um, uh, designed properly and stands mm-hmm. out. The way people, and I've always seen, is like people view newspapers as once it's printed, it's official. Mm. You know, that's a good it, way to it, put it. It's printed. It's official. It is. It is what it is. It's you can't change that. Right. You can't erase that. You know, right. and that's one of the reasons why when newspapers do a story or they print a story, they make sure it's factual before they print. Exactly. They yeah. have to. Um, I think newspapers probably done the best when it comes to reporting on story and going really in depth. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Because they are careful to print. Because you know, you say it, forget it. You write it, regret it. <laughs> Very good. Billboard. Um, I'm not a huge proponent 
of billboard advertising. Um, uh, I, I wish it wasn't um, a, uh, uh, a despoiler of the landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I do think it can be um, helpful in, uh, for certain types of clients mm-hmm. that are n- near the interstates. Yeah. Um, but um, um, I see more bad outdoor advertising um, than any other form of, of advertising I can think of mm-hmm. um, because um, I heard one time, uh, many times, I guess, um, uh, that the average read time is seven seconds. Mm-hmm. And, gee, um, if you have more than three elements, um, uh, it's it's very difficult to get a, an actionable message across to people. Mm-hmm. And um, you go out, um, drive home, see how many billboards you pass by that have as few as three elements on them. Yeah. Mostly, you know, people try to put... Um, their uh, phone number, their logo, their, their website Type you address. can't read. Yeah. Um, and then... The agent's picture, too. Yeah. Like, that's important. Right. Hey. <laughs> Not a big fan. How about um, the yellow pages? Um, are there still yellow pages? <laughs> I got one. Was, Did you? It was probably this thick. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen yellow pages for a long time. Um, and uh, I will tell you that in the decade before they almost completely disappeared, um, that was one of the most difficult um, customer-unfriendly media with which to deal. Um, and yeah, and I, I think that um, really led to that and the rise of the... Um, of the mobile telephone uh, arose um, um, and and that that really was the death knell uh, of, of of effective yellow page advertising, which at one time they was, controlled a lot of dollars was and was um, always very well targeted mm-hmm. uh, um, and and so it it uh, may have cost you a lot to uh, to to um, make a yellow pages ad, but it didn't have to be creative. Mm-hmm. If it was in the right place, mm-hmm. it could really work for you, really work for your clients. Social media. Um, you'd have to be more specific. Uh, say uh, Facebook advertising. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm looking at Facebook for. Um, in general, my own per- personal bias, and this is a a personal opinion, not a a professional, mm-hmm. um, uh, a result of professional um, study, um, but. I just think that um, um, much of what I see is so suspect factually um, that um, 
I'm very wary mm-hmm. of advertisements on Facebook, mm-hmm. and um, um, I may follow a link, but I'm more I'm more likely um, to take a piece of information and then um, pursue it uh, through Google or um, even going to a store mm-hmm. um, uh, to see if what I see on Facebook is what I'm going to get if I, um, if I, uh, pursue it. Google ads. Yeah. Um, I really don't have much of a feel for Google advertising. Mm -hmm. I've never, um, I've never been a, uh, a huge, um, uh, follower of, um, of Google advertising, um, you probably get a, a better, more wizened opinion from someone a bit a bit younger and uh, smarter than me. Uh, I I agree with you that I think when people are uh, searching for something, they know what they want. I believe they know what they want. Uh, you know, with that, Peter, this is going to wrap up our episode of the AdCast. You have been a, a very gracious guest with your time. Uh, definitely a lot of wisdom I think you left here uh, on the table. I want to thank you so much for doing all that you've done for the advertising community because like you said earlier in our conversation, uh, if it wasn't for Julius Irvin uh, doing the things that he did, then Michael uh, just showed you another way to be able to do that. And I think you did that for myself and for others in this industry. And then for that, I want to tell you thank you so much. Thank you. All right. This has been the AdCast. If you enjoyed this discussion with Peter and I today during the AdCast, be sure to subscribe and send this on to someone else where it could be some of some use to them. And we would love to be able to get your rating. One star, not so cool, but a five star is even better. If you want some more information on our company, go to veryimportantplacement.com and look for the AdCast. We want to thank you for your most valuable asset, your time. This is the AdCast. Copyright VIP Marketing and Advertising. Produced by Craft Creative. When all eyes are on you, make it count. From audio to video to graphic design and more, Craft Creative can do it all. We don't make commercials. We craft creative. See what we can do for you at wecraftcreative.com.